so we can start record. <laughs> you look so nervous. Oh <laughs> yeah. In case you hadn't tell like in case you don't know by now, we're not a professional podcast, so it's fine. Like you know, I'm recording on an iPad. How much more professional does it not get? <laughs> That's okay, most professional. So, welcome back to Several Tangents. I am here in a coffee shop with my friend Chantel. Hi. <laughs> she's like, she's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> no, I want to. It's just very like, I don't know, different talking yeah. to more people than I'm actually speaking to. Yeah, it is. It is a little weird, but like, because before when I recorded. With Talia, I was in her basement, so and we were facing a microphone. But right now, as I've mentioned a couple episodes back, we're using lav mics, so like we're really, we're literally having a face-to-face conversation. <laughs> it's a little bit more chill. You can hear background noise of a coffee shop. So, so it's as if you're in a coffee shop, yeah, listening to us. Yeah, talk. join us. <laughs> we're in like the cutest little area, um, historic Unionville, which is in like. Markham, I guess, or it's its own little thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know how our regions work. Yeah. Like you know how Americans will be like, oh, like I'm from this borough of whatever, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> but anyway, Chantel and I met through our college program, which yeah. was <laughs> nervous laughter. <laughs> so we don't usually give out very specific information. Like I've never said the name of the college. Oh. Okay. Yeah, just because it's weird. Also, I may talk shit about it in the future, so I don't want to. I don't want them to mind me and hunt me down. Because actually, funny story is we also went to the same university. Yeah. But three years apart? Yeah. Yeah, same program too. Yeah, same program. So we both graduated from forensic science at the same university, which I don't remember if I said it, but it's the only university in Oshawa. So, like, and I've mentioned that it was in Oshawa, I think. So someone will figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's a very specific program. <laughs> But we never met because I think I would have been graduating when you were finishing first year. Yeah. Because you graduated in 2017. I graduated in 2014. Yeah. But I always wonder because there was one year when I did volunteer for the open house thing, like when you came into the lab to like take a look. So I'm like, I wonder if I would have met you. Maybe. Or Nicole. No, probably not Nicole. No, she didn't go. <laughs> I don't think she did. Okay. Um. I saw. Oh, sorry, not to talk. Not supposed to say names, but like, there's another. I remember. I'll it out. <laughs> I remember a bunch of other people. Like, she was on the. Um, oh, she was yeah, the society, but she was. She was one of the grad students. No, she was just a year above me. Oh, okay. So maybe. at the yeah, the open house, I guess she was just there and just answered questions. Um, I for their lab. Yeah, I. Our program was very small, so we kind of just stuck to. Our year, our program. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't remember you, but I remember her. And then yeah, I don't know if it would have been the same year though, because I don't remember when I did the open house. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, it was. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? He was. A, he was the president of the society when I was the year before I came. 
Yes. Yeah. I still follow him on Instagram. I don't think we've ever chatted since then, but like, he was nice. Yeah. I think he's like between here and BC now, but you know, oh, that's God. information no one needs to know. Anyway. Welcome to several teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you talking to me or talking yeah. to... Well, everyone, oh. <laughs> everyone, everyone here in this coffee shop is not paying any attention, which is good. Got to be on it. Got to be on it. Yeah. So we were going to talk about just stress and mental health because everyone deals with that. Yeah, for sure. But not everyone talks about it. And I'm, I'm one of those people who, like, I don't think I deal with... <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> that door is so like yeah. vigorous. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know it slams, but it does. Yeah. Because we're in this coffee house, coffee shop that's like an old historic building. So it's all wooden, like floors. There's a really fancy car outside because this is a fancy neighborhood, I think. So anyway, um, it's like oh, one of those like picturesque little towns that you would think of, like literal. Yeah, like. like well, I guess it, it's kind of like small town Americana. Yeah. But it's Canadian. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, mental health. Well, we're already. On. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm very good at dealing with stress. I look like I am, but I, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't deal with stress good. I don't deal with stress good either. <laughs> you also don't English very good, yeah. but you know, that could just be me being judgmental. <laughs> yeah, but same. I'm the same as you. Because I think there's this expectation that you just, even now when we're more open about talking about mental health, I think. Like, you always kind of downplay it, right? So, for all I know, I could have the beginnings of a diagnosable disorder. Actually, based on what I do know, I don't think I do. Okay. There's been moments in my life where I'm like, this is getting a little, like, not overboard. You know, where it, where it kind of starts, like, peaking to the point where you're like, hmm, I should talk to someone about this before it actually blows yeah. over. Because... I've talked about, you know, my shitty high school friends mm-hmm. on the podcast and with you guys. Yeah. And like that yeah. I think was probably the worst mental health period that I've had because not only was I just like, okay, first of all, high school is just a shit show. Yeah. Right? You're hormonal. Yep. Everything's confusing. You think you know shit, you really don't. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And then like you feel like I mean, I don't have a bad relationship with my parents, but there is definitely like a disconnect because they're, you know, a little school Chinese immigrants. And like I was born and raised here, so I'm like the way I see things is different from how they see things, so I don't always want to talk to them. And then at the time in high school, like I didn't really have friends anymore. Like they were all, I they were the problem. So who was I going to talk to? Yeah. But if we want to go back to the topic of stress yes. and handling stress, which I mean, like some stress now I can handle better. I think having definitely having someone to talk to is like incredibly important, which is why. Like, because I listen to podcasts, obviously, I'm a podcaster, but, like, there's the sponsor that's basically, or this company that sponsors a lot of podcasts, and they're, like, an online therapist kind of thing, so, like, you pay, I think, a monthly fee or something, or weekly, I don't know, but then, like, they'll hook you up with the therapist so that it's just easier rather than having to go into their office and sit down and 
talk about stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it's supposed to be, you know, if you're having, like, you're starting to have a lot of anxiety, and your next appointment isn't until, like, next week, well, what are you going to do? You know, like, you find it's easy to text someone and be like, I'm feeling this way, like, you know, send help, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's good. Which yeah. Is, yeah, because, um, sorry, I don't want to say, talk, talk to you about, like, yeah. talking to someone was very important in that, and sort of mm -hmm. getting better and helping me, like, get over that yeah. thing, so. And I think yeah. the, the thing is, like, but it's hard sometimes to find someone you want to talk yeah. to. It is hard. Because I find this isn't, like, you know, a judgment on anyone. But obviously people have different like personalities and ways of dealing with things. So if yeah. I'm having a particular problem, mm -hmm. like, or if there's something I'm looking for, like if I want to be extra salty, I go to Dylan. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like if it's kind of, something just kind of petty, like, you know, so-and-so is just being yeah. so and I, and dumb right now and I can't believe they did this, I would go to Dylan. Yeah. Dylan, you my hope. <laughs> but if it was like a more personal, you know, like I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. It's not that I don't think Dylan is good with discussing that. He's like, especially when you're face to face, he has a really good listener giving you an a, a, a props here, Dylan. <laughs> so better listen to this podcast because I know you have stopped. <laughs> but, uh, like, we kind of go to different friends for different things. Yeah. Yeah. And whoever you're most comfortable with as well yeah. with that situation. And it's kind, it kind of sucks because, like, I think about it. It makes me sound like really either really lonely or secretly the worst person in the world. But I don't have many friends anymore that I've known for a long time because things keep happening. <laughs> like, like we had a fight, but we talked it out, and we're like, just you know, whatever. We have our differences. It's fine. And, yeah. Like it got heated because obviously, when you're frustrated, like things just go from zero to ten real quick. Yeah. But then we end up talking it out. But like. A lot of people who I've been friends with, it's either like I try to talk it out mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get my feelings out and then even after I've calmed down and I'm like, here, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of, the friendship just kind of drags on and either I don't see it improving or it's just getting worse and it's like whatever I've been saying is like, oh, they're there. Like, you know that gif? We love using with the broom. The broom. <laughs> I don't know which show it's from, but it's like they're there and someone's like patting someone on the back with a broom. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. With those friends who I'm like, okay, you're not worth my, like you're not worth my attention anymore. Yeah. So a lot of friends like I've kind of just let that friendship drop. Which kind of sucks because it does help to have someone who knows you for a long time and yeah. knows where you've been. Yeah, it does. But um, yeah, but sometimes if you, that friend's not gonna resolve that conflict with you, or they're not gonna try. Then at the same time, you don't want them to be your friend either, or they're not a real friend or yeah, someone that you should keep. I think because I was talking with one of my work friends, she's like, "Oh, my best friend that we've known each other since we were like six or something." I'm like. <laughs> Like I, there are 
friends that I have who I've known since childhood, but we're not close. Mm -hmm. We're friends because our parents were friends. So in our childhood, we hung out a lot because we were the same age. What? No, I said six. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, like um, one of my friends. Like again, we don't really talk that much anymore. I still consider her my friend. Like, it's not like I would go to her with my life issues, but we do chat and hang out and catch up when we actually do see each other. Like, I've known her literally since I was, I think I was born a month after her, if I recall. She was born in November, I was born in December. So, and our parents knew each other since, like, my, our parents were, our moms were pregnant with us. Wow. So technically we were friends from the womb. Wow. <laughs> I think. And then, um... My real estate agent, <laughs> yeah, is all is that is that friend's older sister. So she's like, "Girl, I remember when your mama gave birth to you." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So like, there are people who I've known for a long time, but I wouldn't really go to them and be like, "Yeah, I'm stressing out over work or school at the time." School is a big stressor. I don't know how you dealt with. Oh, that was my that's my story is for, because of school. because uh, our program was. Yeah, very. It was yeah. different by the time you started, but it was still just as competitive, I think. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, because we had yeah. specializations. Um, we had, we didn't really have, we, I wouldn't say we had less electives per se, but we had to take, you know, the biology okay. or whatever specialization that you took. You had to take that for your, for one of your electives instead of, yeah. instead of an elective. So it was a bit difficult, and then having to figure out which specialization to go into yeah. at the same time. Like you couldn't just be general for the rest of the rest of your Because what years. was it like? Biology, and chemistry, chemistry and, and physics. physics. Okay, because I think in my intake you could do minors instead. So I have a minor in bio. Okay. Basically, it was the same thing. I took an extra bio elective. Yeah. Um, I could have double minored. A lot of people ended up double minoring. Double minoring? Double minoring. Um, because they just took a chemistry and a bio in their last year. Oh. I was so done with chemistry. Same. So done. Organic chem. Man. After, or, after organic, <laughs> organic chem, or there's intro to organic chem, and then there's organic chemistry. Yes. And there's one after. Is there one after that, or is that? I don't remember. I don't. I don't think so. I had to take physical chemistry though. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an elective. Oh. They made us take it. What relevance does physical chemistry have to forensics? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I don't because know it was <laughs> it was like like thermodynamics. So if you're, it's literally the physics of chemistry. Oh my god. So it's like you know you learn about quantum physics like, like your electron really. clouds and stuff but then you're going into like i don't even like remember the fast like how quick and acceleration and all that stuff is i think so that's honestly amazing. i don't even remember like it's wiped from my mind because i have no use for it yeah yeah like literally i would that's for like if you're getting into extreme chemical engineering yeah which is not or like even bio maybe biochem maybe that I don't know biochem I can at least see yeah. where the relevance was yeah right but yeah that's weird but yeah so oh my gosh I, I think, don't know if I would be able to survive with that in that course to be honest <laughs> I'm just staring out the window with a blank look on my face like I've like just come back from this battle if I think 
the thing with university was like I was always an overachiever in school. Same. Yeah. <laughs> like I was getting you know high 80s in most of my classes 90s and some and I wasn't even trying this was in high school like I wasn't even trying and then university happened and so I went in with an entrance scholarship yeah I think I had the one that was because I my I was so mad because I was 83% average, so I was 3% off from another 500 bucks. Yeah, so, but then I lost that scholarship after first semester, or no, first year. Yeah, because you get it the whole year. Um, because of calculus. Because I never took calculus in high school. Yeah, because I, at the time, like, I don't, obviously I don't know what the requirements are for the yeah. program anymore, but, like, you didn't need to take calculus, you just needed to take two of the three sciences, and then at least one of the grade 12 maths. So, I, I did all three sciences, because I'm a nerd, and then oh, I did advanced I functions only. Okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking about what I did, and then I was thinking that calculus yeah. was a requirement, but then I thought I didn't want to do physics in grade 12, so I didn't do physics. Uh, so I took calculus okay. instead. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, keep going. so intro to calc was fine. Mm -hmm. I had an amazing prof. All the boys had a crush on her. Oh my gosh, I think I know it's the same person. Yeah, <laughs> the same yeah. One. But she was really great. She like was She was yeah. really in-depth, and she described everything in a way that was really understandable. Yeah, she was good. And she was also fair when it came to marking. Yeah. Like, I remember there was one question where, like, I think it was pretty much the answers were divided 50-50 among the class. So she's like, because it was so ambiguous, she's just going to give everyone full marks for that question. Because you're, there were definitely about half the class who got it right, but then because it was a 50-50 split, she was like, that, that's not fair at all. Mm. Obviously the question didn't make sense to at least half of you. Yeah, it makes sense. So, like, she was very good. And then, second year. But the thing is, Calc, Calc, Calc 1, so Intro to Calc. Oh, it was Intro to Calc, because I didn't take Calculus. And then Calc 1 was in, oh, second semester, I mean. Oh. Yeah. I can't remember because there was a course you had to take if you didn't take calculus in high school before you took calc one. Yeah. I can't remember if I took so intro to calc because I've had her. But too. she teaches other ones. I'm sure they teach more than one. Because I was gonna say that calc two was nothing like high school calc at all. It was all integrals, right? Yeah. So calc and we didn't do integrals in, in high school. Oh. So. So maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. Well, maybe it would have made a difference because I went from an amazing prof to one who was maybe probably a genius in his field. Oh, but I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> maybe not. No, there were. I was actually with. My class was scheduled with one prof. Uh -huh. But I didn't like the class time and I found his class too dull to pay attention to. Like, he had a bit of an accent. Oh. And he was, he spoke kind of slow and low. And when you're doing calculus, like, you want to be at least a little engaged. Yeah. And I wasn't. So I would sit in, in the other prof's class. Yeah. But he spoke too fast. He went through everything too fast. 
And then my TA for the tutorials was absolutely useless. Oh no. Like completely not helpful. So I struggled so much. And that was such a huge blow to my ego because I went from overachiever, like was, I mean, by quote unquote Asian standards, maybe I wasn't doing amazing. I was just doing mediocre, but like, come on. <laughs> I wasn't trying, okay? And also like, I'm not that Asian. <laughs> not that <laughs> but I think that year I mean other there were other courses throughout like third and fourth year too where I was struggling and feeling bad about myself but I think second semester or maybe was it was a second year or second semester that was Cal 2 I don't remember for me it was second semester I don't even remember anyways but I think it would have been second semester because I lost my scholarship after that oh okay. so I only had yeah. the scholarship for one year and I like just and obviously I couldn't tell my parents about it you know that was my first C I never okay to be fair I never got below a C plus overall in any of my courses in university but I was getting like straight A's like I didn't even get B's in high school and then yeah I did well in chemistry and bio and physics and stuff and then calc happened and I got a C plus I was devastated I can understand that yeah like it sounds funny to, to a lot of people who are maybe quote-unquote average students or maybe below average student which is like it's just not your thing whatever right mm -hmm. but for someone who is always academic yeah yeah I go back to high school um, my fr I failed my final physics exam oh, no. like I came out of that exam feeling really good really about it too and then I just looked at my exam it wasn't even like a 40 it was like a 35 percent I cried like I literally like, with the teacher in front of me, like I literally bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And then I went home, and then my mom's like, "Did you?" And then she, uh, yeah, cried, cried, cried to her too. And she's like, "Did you fail the course?" I'm like, "No." And then she made me feel better because, like, no, I didn't fail the course. Like, I made a, I might have failed this exam, but overall, it was fine. So yeah. It ended up changing my perspective because I was like you. I was getting, you know, straight A's and like, yeah. you know, maybe a B or whatever. But like, that, until that point, I never failed, never failed a test, never failed an exam. Same, yeah. So I understand where you're coming. Where yeah, you're coming. and then I don't think I failed. I think I came close to failing some of maybe one of the tests or midterms um, in Calc two. Which was like, it was like a 55 or something. But with calculus too, the midterms were really hard, and then they made the final very easy, if you, did, if you noticed. And then everyone did well in the final. I don't remember that. I think that that course was just a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in Calc 1, that's exactly what happened. Like, the, okay. the, the terms are very easy, I mean, very hard. And then I almost failed a couple of them. I actually, yeah, almost failed a couple of them. There's yeah. actually one time where if they didn't put, they didn't bell curve it, I guess they didn't okay. make the, the passing grade lower, then I would have failed. <laughs> like, literally, oh, sorry. Like, literally one, one, um, one grade, like it was like 45 out of, I don't know, like 100, let's say, yeah. maybe like, or 50 or something, it was like 46, would have made me fail if I didn't, like, I'm oh, sorry, let me think about this. So like, let's say the, the percent, like the, the, the mark was 45 out of, let's say a 50, then if they made, they made it 51, 
I would have failed. Oh. But since they made it like a 49, I passed. <laughs> okay, yeah. You, See? you were like, yes, saved yeah. by the bell. Oh my gosh. I was saved like, by the bell curve. The Lord. <laughs> yeah. It, and I don't know, like, university is just stressful in general because. You're going from like 17 or 18 years old. Like I was 17 because my birthday is in the end of the year, right? Yeah. So I was 17 going to university. And luckily I knew I wanted to do sciences. I knew I wanted to do forensics. Obviously it didn't turn out that way, but you know, like I knew that's what I wanted, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. Like maybe they're pressured into a field by their parents yeah. or they're told by society that this is the most stable job this is the safest or it's the most prestigious yeah. Yeah. so you've got that yeah. and when you're like I don't know what I'm doing with my life mm-hmm. and then like you're going through the stress of just school like yeah. school is really stressful because you're being judged like yeah it's just your marks but you're being judged as a person based yeah. on what your marks are right yeah. like because if your marks are low you're either lazy or stupid yeah. which is not let's, let's true you yeah. might just not be clicking with and that really subject yeah. Sorry, I just noticed the people back there. Are gone. I don't know if you want to move. Sure. Okay, I will. We're gonna we're gonna take a brief break and shuffle on over. <laughs> so this is the part in most podcasts where you get told about the sponsors. Unfortunately, Several Tangents is a teeny tiny indie podcast, so we don't got sponsors. And worse yet, this is a Canadian show, so even the podcast hosting site that we use hasn't rolled out monetization tools for us Canadians, which means that any kind of support comes from you guys. So if you would like to throw some financial support in this general direction here, I've actually set up a virtual tip jar where you can do that. And you don't have to give much, but it would mean so much and it would help a lot because there are actually costs associated with podcasting, even a small indie production like this. So if you would like to chuck money at us, you can head over to ko-fi.com slash several tangents. That's ko-fi.com slash several tangents. Anyway, talk to you guys later. Bye. That's good. Okay. okay. We're back. I forgot what we were talking about already. Literally, all it was was like a 10 step shuffle. Of school. And almost failing courses. But like you said, it was me talking about how I almost failed. The yeah. Physics or calc return. Yeah. And I, oh yeah, because you're saying like you kind of got saved by the, the curve yeah. L, or the bell curve? Yeah. Bell curve. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's just. Like, you're also bombarded with so much information compared to high school, I feel like. I don't know. Yeah. It definitely was. I mean, obviously, this is different depending on the university you go to and even what country you're in, right? Because mm-hmm. if you were in, like, you know, like, I had a friend at the time who was doing criminology at, I can't remember, and, excuse me, it's not an episode unless I burp. <laughs> um, but she was doing criminology in like, I don't know if it was Ryerson or something, another university, but like an older one, obviously our school. I think it hit 10 years when I was in like third year. Yeah, it was when we started, it was 10 years. Okay, yeah. So like her difficulties was just the sheer amount of work because she was oh, writing, writing essay after essay, study after study. Yeah. 
the material, I think, objectively was maybe a little easier to understand. I, it still depends on the kind of person you are, because criminology, like psychology is a soft science. Yeah. Like sociology is a soft science. Yeah. So if you're more like into humanities and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. it, it's like, it's easier for me to get. Mm -hmm. But, shuffle, shuffle. You want to clip it like up on here? Sorry. <laughs> It's just like okay. Chantel's like boob noise. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna look, sound like on there. It'll be fine. It's fine. Okay. People have dealt with worse on this podcast. <laughs> They're still listening, so it's fine. That's um, good. Yeah. So I would like she would be. I think I wasn't on Twitter because I I didn't use Twitter. But just on Facebook Messenger, she would be like, oh, like I would ask her, oh, how's it going, and she'd be like doing another essay. Mm -hmm. I have so many essays to finish. And then for us, it was like all these exams we have to study for. I mean, the lab yes. reports, I guess, were like assignments, but they weren't, I don't think they were that bad. No, it's just a, there's a lot of stuff to do, I feel. There's just five courses. Those five courses also yeah. had labs. And some of yeah. had tutorial we had to you know, do assignments oh, that's true. and stuff for. Yeah. It was just a lot. And then the material is hard too. Yeah, and you have to understand the material, go over the lecture notes, yeah. you know. And I guess sometimes when you ask university graduates like, oh, what would you tell your freshman self? And I wish I could say like, don't be afraid to ask for extra help. But the problem was not all profs were great at giving extra help. Yeah. <laughs> like some of them were great. But... Yeah, some of them were really good. And then some of them, had obscure hours that you just couldn't make because you were in a lab or something or you were in class and you know maybe they just also weren't good at explaining stuff yeah and the I think there were academic advisors they were useless because mm -hmm. I wanted to switch my tutorial section for calc okay because I told you how my TA was basically useless yeah like he just he just kind of was like yeah just do this and, and then do that and then like he didn't go through anything mm -hmm. and I needed someone to go through things yeah and this was I, I think you get like a two-week grace period to switch your schedule around mm -hmm. and I'd already passed that because it was a tutorial so it was every other week mm -hmm. so like I think after the first tutorial I was like okay no but then it was already week two mm -hmm. so I'm like but that's not even fair I didn't yeah. even have two weeks of class with this guy yeah and but calc, you didn't need to do. You, there's no assignments or anything for tutorial for calc, so I don't understand why that would be so hard to switch. I don't know either. Not many people went to tutorial either. I, like I wanted to go because I needed Ugh. the extra help. Yeah, of course. Like, but yeah, but it wasn't mandatory. But I was like, I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I'm struggling with this course. Yeah. I'm like, no, we, there's just no way we can do it. So I just left feeling def defeated. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to someone else a little while later and they were like, no, there's a form you can fill out that will push the process and like it may or may not get approved. Oh. I don't I don't know what the exact process is, but they're like, no, they totally could have told you something else. Yeah. But they didn't. So our academic advisors were useless. Yeah. So I'm like, all this advice that you would give university students, like, you know, go ask for extra help, form study groups. Study groups sometimes helped. And then yeah. go to your academic advisors to work things out. None of that, none of that applied. Yeah. So I'm just like, 
dying internally. Mm -hmm. And that's how I deal with stress, I just die internally. Like, you know, when you do a presentation, yeah, and you're nervous, yeah. but you're nervous to the point where you're just spouting things and you sound confident. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, me yeah. at life. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, when I'm stressed, if there's something going on, most people would not know. Unless, like, you know, I had a breakdown or something, which I haven't had. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I've almost had one. I've had a private one. So I guess, oh. yeah. But, like, you know, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't look stressed mm -hmm. on a normal basis, mm -hmm. which means I'm also not getting anyone helping me. Yeah. So it's really self-defeating, but, like, that's just how I am. Yeah. It's also... In terms of me, like I would let it in, but I keep it in, but because my mom and I are very close, mm. like I would tell her basically everything that is stressing me out and stuff. So yeah. she's pro probably the main reason how I was able to deal with my stress because she just knew okay. everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, in terms of university being stressful, is just like you being more. Um, like what like being like it was just so much like it was a lot and then it was just yeah. like I have this to do I have this to do I have this to do it was like very stressful and everyone else around you seems to be holding it together yeah right, right? they're yeah. probably the same right they're probably like dying inside yeah but they're not showing it yeah so you don't understand that you're suffering together yeah exactly and you well, don't talk about it yeah I mean I was really close with Kara my roommate mm -hmm. like it was good for years two to four we lived together. So when I was getting kind of stressed, like it was good to have her around because like she might not know what to tell me because it is hard when someone's telling you something like really personal and you're like, they're there. Yeah. But it was like a genuine, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I found that at least somewhat helpful. Like obviously she wasn't always around because she had classes too. Yeah. But. It was, and also, you know, it's fun to bitch about profs together. <laughs> yeah. As we've done. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for me, I, my, I wasn't comfortable talking about my stress, about, uh, talking about my stress with my friends, mm -hmm. so I was really dealing with it alone and uh, talking to my mom about it, but. Yeah, you know, but it's good you could you. talk to your mom. Yeah, it's good, um, but uh, yeah, so I didn't feel comfortable, and then, um, so I guess I can go leads into my story. I can tell yeah, the story now. Um, so this so was actually it wasn't first year. First year was stressful, but like the, the, the <laughs> I knew the real stress when it was fourth year. It was thesis. We did a thesis project. Oh yes. And like we did every single thing. Mine was so along. chill though. <laughs> I had yeah as my she's so chill. Yeah. We spent the first session together spitting into cups together. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's great. That's so Because great. we needed saliva. Oh yeah. And she was like, well, just so that we can say, you know because people have slightly different composition in their saliva. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I'll give you my spit too. So we just sat there in the lab just <laughs> Anyway, go back to your story. Nice. <laughs> I'll ask you what your thesis was. <laughs> what was it about? Um, it was how to determine the difference between expirated spatter and high velocity spatter with saliva yeah because when oh. you're expirated usually it's from the airway oh. right so we were kind of looking at how efficient this 
kind of established method really was. So we tested out like different fabrics, different surfaces. Yeah, so I spent a, was it a semester or a year? It's a thesis. year. It was a whole year. Okay, yeah. so I spent the whole year. Um, I didn't constantly spit into a cup, but I had like a toothbrush and I would dip it into the blood and or the saliva depending on which like if it was the expirated or the high velocity mm -hmm. and just spattering it onto different surfaces. Oh, I had like 50 so different swatches of fabric. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So that was my thesis. So mine was really chill. <laughs> Clearly yours wasn't. Um, like with fine. She was, yeah. uh, yeah, she made it really less stressful, but I don't know. I just, I'm very, I'm a person that if I don't like what I, what my work is, I just, I have to figure, like, sit there and figure it out. And so you're a perfectionist. To, to, yeah, yeah. Yes, I get yeah. that. <laughs> so I just had no idea what to do for my intro because, like, the thing was fine, everything was fine, and then um, it's just figuring, just doing everything alone, basically. I had to plan the lab yeah. times, I had to plan, like, yeah. around the schedule because we were using her office for um, exper oh, okay. experiments and stuff. What was your uh, thesis? We're getting real nerdy here. <laughs> Mine was to determine, it was a quaternary DNA transfer, basically, so... Okay. Because her student before her, before, um, before me, she was studying DNA transfer on a, like a, on a gun or something, on like okay. a firearm. Yeah. So I guess what happened with hers was D Cecilia's DNA got onto the gun, like that she that she that um, that the student put together. Like it was a fake gun. It was one of those. Like, I assume 3D so. printed. I forgot to say that. By the way, everyone. <laughs> I um, assume you weren't just having a loaded gun just to hold. Yeah. <laughs> also, I knew that wasn't in their budget because my original idea I wanted to do something with low copy number DNA. Oh. But they were like, you yeah, had to do that. Like, we don't have the resources to fund that. Like, for oh. a master's, that would be good. But for an undergrad, they were like, mm, try yeah. something else. Because <laughs> her, she was with the CFS, so she was able to do that stuff. But um, yeah, so so you know how they worked at the the Center for the Sciences. So yeah. she, they were, I guess they detected her DNA profile on the gun. But then they're like, it was nowhere near there. Like, nowhere near oh. at all. Yeah, that's it was so weird. interesting. So what they figured out was that the student went to her office the day before and she had her, her notebook or something was on the desk and then yeah. apparently was very sick or sick. Oh, she no. was like coughing and seeing yeah. everywhere. And then so she went to her office too. It could just be like contained. Yeah, just all your skin cells in that one small room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess that she touched the notebook, the notebook came to the lab, and then that the DNA oh, was like wow. gone to the gun. Yeah, so we we're like, so she wanted to kind of recreate that a bit and see if that can, if that's the scenario or like yeah. every day or if it just wasn't. Because you wouldn't think, because since I was talking about low copy number DNA, which is for the average person, is like when you have just such a small amount of DNA, so. We're gonna get real nerdy for a second, but you know what? I know a lot of podcast listeners like true crime, so they might enjoy the segment. But how DNA gets, I guess, red is you have to amplify it through PCR polymerase chain reaction. This oh is bringing back flashbacks, right? I'm like, I don't know how I still remember this because I'm about five years out of university. But well, I mean, we also use PCR a lot in like microbiology. Yeah. Well, I don't do it. We yeah. send it to the molecular lab, but I obviously know about it. So first, you have to amplify it because 
it's sometimes it's just trace, yeah. right? But you have to have enough to start the amplification process. Yeah. But if it's so little, like say if it was like a fire, you know, heat and ultraviolet light really fucks up DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was really old, like if you're looking at a cold case or even like an archaeology thing. Mm-hmm. Like you probably have very little amounts, so there are ways. I'm not. I don't know the specifics anymore, but like there are ways to amplify even that tiny, tiny amount. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to try to do something with that, but I don't remember what my topic was, or like the actual thesis part was going to be. Yeah. But like that I found cool. that really cool. Yeah. So you would think that quaternary, 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 quaternary. Oh my gosh! It took me forever. <laughs> Because I had to practice that because for the presentation. The presentation, yeah, because you're... Pr- Look, thesis presentations, even undergrad, are no joke. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, apparently mine was pretty enjoyable. But, I mean, bloodstain pattern analysis is, like, cool for anyone. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, I get asked, like, so you're basically Dexter? I'm like, yeah. I'm not a serial killer. Dexter. <laughs> 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 like, you wouldn't think that... Like the transfer from like if you picked up my iPad, obviously that has my DNA all over it because it's a touch screen. Yeah. Right. So if you picked up my iPad and then went home and shot someone, <laughs> my DNA might be on that gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But that's gonna make people so paranoid. They're like, I'm gonna be caught for a crime that I never committed. Right. There are people out there who are like that. Yeah. Right. Like they're like. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that's a big thing and you know, the justice system at this time yeah. where it's like, oh, could it be, you know, tertiary transfer, quaternary transfer? Yeah. And then scientists don't know what to say because, like, yeah, it could it could be, but to be honest, the, mo- the likeliness of it or the, you know, is not really big. We have no idea. Like, we don't know, right? But, it could happen. But how do you determine? Exactly. It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyways, <laughs> back to the main story. So, uh, yes, yeah, so it was good. We had to do that. I don't know. I just felt very stressed in terms of, like, because university was finishing, figure out mm-hmm. what I'm going to do after university, because I'm usually a person that plans. Yeah. So, like, not knowing what I'm doing afterwards is was very stressful for me. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and then not knowing how, what to do for this intro, and then Cecilia was wasn't able to meet me for a while like she she tried but okay there was a couple of times where I was writing and she wasn't able to see me she wasn't able to read what I was writing and it yeah. was just like all a mess so and I also hated writing too so I was oh. like it was a mess see I'm a good bullshit writer oh see I'm not I'm you remember our stupid English class in, in college yeah yeah <laughs> the S- I wrote this essay it was literally subjectively the worst thing I have ever written and I've written some pretty bullshitty essays yeah I got a plus on that wow and I'm like how <laughs> so you probably you probably be good in the social sciences you never know. I think I would have been mm-hmm. but just writing in general I'm good at writing I don't always enjoy it it depends on what I'm writing for but anyway continue <laughs> anyway so yeah, so there's, it got to the point where I started, like, getting, like, I was, I, was, I don't know, it was just, because I haven't felt this type of stress before, so I was, yeah. I didn't know what to do with it, and at that time I wasn't, you know, I wasn't working out, I wasn't, because I was just so, like, I was just so stressed, I feel like I just had to keep working, like, yeah. just keep working. Your whole world became yeah. the thesis. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just started, I started getting 
very, very like dark thoughts about, oh, no. you know, yeah, wanting to, you know, like either hurt myself or like hurt others oh, at the same time. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was scary. And then um, to the point where I couldn't sleep. And like, oh, my God. yeah, and it was, it was hurting me because obviously I don't like in my head I don't want to do that stuff but like my brain just is just telling up. me to do it right so yeah I was like okay I like I can't like I'm to be honest like now I understand how why people think that oh yeah it'll be fine like I don't want to tell anyone because they're gonna judge me you know they're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna because when you look down on me when you kind of say it like that like obviously you know I'm more sympathetic and more understanding of these kinds of things because I've been through it myself too mm -hmm. like but when you say it out loud it sounds like I was being so dramatic yeah and in a way you were but also that's not something you can help like your mind just spirals yeah you know it's like one little gust of wind causing an avalanche yeah for sure yeah so it's like because you know you're not very murdery they're not so it's hard to imagine you thinking these things yeah but yeah it was it's like not even people that annoy me it's actually people that care about me oh. too and it was yeah it was scary because yeah obviously i didn't want to do that stuff and mm -hmm. then so it took me a like it was hard for me to even tell my mom about it and that and knowing that like i and we're t we're we're close so imagine someone else not like like you not having someone that's yeah that you know that you could trust and to talk to which yeah is even worse and that's when bad things happen right like you know we hear all these i'm not i don't want to say like oh you know bad people have an excuse because at the end of the day no matter what's going through in your mind like you might not be able to control your thoughts but you can control what you do about them yeah Right? Like, I chose to keep it all to myself. Maybe back then I didn't know that there were more resources out there, and at the time maybe there weren't as many. But, like, even now, right? When I go through stress, like, I choose not to tell anyone. Yeah. So, really, it, it's not that it's my fault, but I can't absolve myself from that blame either. So, I'm not saying people who do bad things because of their mental health aren't at fault because in the end they still did the thing like you didn't go and kill anyone right <laughs> <laughs> no i did not <laughs> um, obviously and like i haven't gone and killed anyone <laughs> i don't know <laughs> maybe i like blacked out and or no um yeah it it's hard because you these thoughts just go out of control and like there's been times like once this was just after I graduated university. Kara and I were going to go to Montreal just after Canada Day. So before that, Canada Day was also my parents' wedding anniversary. So sometimes we would have like a barbecue with all our family friends, like kind of as a dual celebration. And I had the worst migraine. Oh gosh. I have constant migraines. Like literally, I always have to have migraine meds and Advil in my bag yesterday I took four Advil's wow yeah and they were the extra strength ones too wow so like I get them really bad I take medication they don't always work wow like in school they prescribed me Tylenol 3 mm -hmm. which is supposed to be really strong didn't work so there's nothing I can do about it except like you know curl up in a ball and be wow. in pain and my parents were being extremely unfair they were like well why aren't you just taking medication just kind of like get over yourself kind of thing 
and I was already in pain, mm -hmm. and I was basically being blamed for something that obviously I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to be in pain. Yeah, um, and they were just being like really kind of terrible. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, and I texted Karazis because I was telling obviously afterwards when I felt a little less nauseated by looking at bright lights. Yeah. I was texting her. And I think I scared her because I was like, right now, I just want to walk out into traffic. Wow, oh my god. Because I'm like, like my parents don't, it felt like my parents yeah. don't care. Yeah. I don't think it's that they don't care, they don't, like, they struggle with how to express affection and concern. Mm -hmm. But I'm yeah. not suicidal, usually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at that moment, like, and looking back, I'm like, that's a little over the top for having a migraine. Yeah, <laughs> well. And like no. one argument with my parents, yeah. but I think everything just added up. Mm -hmm. You're just mad. Yeah, I was mad. I was angry. I'm like, if I walked out in traffic and got killed, they wouldn't even care. They would be like, why'd you walk out in traffic? Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And you can't really like reel that in mm -hmm. when you're in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, I realized that after because when I talked to my mom, she was like, okay, no, if you're having these like this stuff, then you have to talk to someone about it. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 like I can't. Like even just the thought of thought of it was like, no, I can't. Like I can just like hopefully it goes away. Like I don't, I can't do it. Yeah, anymore. because you realize how fucked up it sounds, right? Like, yeah. And the thing with the stigma about men mental health is, in a way, yes, you're kind of going quote unquote crazy. Mm -hmm. Because you know you're thinking illogical, irrational things. Yeah. And like, I, I always kind of say this, what you feel and what you know don't always match up. Yeah. So you know this is like unreasonable, you're like, you know, going over the top, but you can't stop feeling like that. Yeah. But then when you like say it, it makes it sound worse. Yeah. Because it makes you sound like you've gone insane and then people don't exactly treat people with mental illness and not even I'm not even saying you have a mental illness just you have a mental bad moment yeah which people do have yeah um, and usually it passes and when it doesn't pass that's when it becomes an illness but mm -hmm. yeah that's why it's so hard to talk about mm -hmm. even going to like the therapist yeah your therapist obviously is trained to help you through it but it's getting past that what did I say it's like the activation energy <laughs> Like an enzyme. And that's what I was about to say with my story is that, um, yeah, she's like, okay, you have to talk about it. So the, sh the so I went to my doctor, talked to my doctor. He was like, okay, well, you can talk to, you know, go to a counselor at school and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. So I was like super nervous, like talking to, talking yeah. to him about it. But they were able to say, okay, if you don't want to tell me, you can write it out. So I wrote it out and then he read it. And then just having that that moment where he read it and then he wasn't like phased by what I was yeah. saying and then it was more made me more comfortable and made me feel like okay getting past that point in thinking okay yeah talking to going to talking to someone and actually doing it was like the hardest part but then mm -hmm. after that was when I started getting better and then yeah. he was able to talk me through it and figure out how, why I was feeling like that, and that's how I was able to think about why I was feeling like that, and it was because of stress and school and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's, like, again, in retrospect, you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. But in the moment, you just feel it. Yeah. And, like, and it was the first time, so. Yeah. I just, I just didn't know how to deal with it at the time, and then 
I will now that I've experienced it and now I can figure out like if, I, if it ever if it happens again mm -hmm. then I can figure out like what I'm feeling at the moment why am I feeling like this and it yeah helps. experience does help because you've been there before and you remember how you pull yourself back I still feel like because it's all mental like it's stupid when people say oh it's just in your head well yes it's in your head but like that's even harder yeah you know exactly. like there's no you have nothing you can do to fix it like there's no external things that can fix it it's just um yeah you just have to like just do with it yourself yeah because i like it's it's stupid because it's like i know like i'm trying to find a second job mm -hmm. and it's just so easy to just go look online. Mm. Like, it's not, I have my resume ready. It's updated because I've been applying before. But even just the idea of applying for a job, like, makes me recognize why I need to apply for a second job. Um, so, like, because my hours are going down. Oh. Thank you, Doug Ford. Oh. Yeah. Can you believe my parents voted for them? Oh. For him? I'm so mad. <laughs> I was like, he's like literally when I heard, I wasn't even in the conversation, but I turned to them and I'm like, he's a piece of shit. Like, genuinely, he's, I mean, like, who makes cuts in healthcare and education? Yeah. <laughs> he should take Jen Ed with <laughs> <laughs> the class that we took, transcultural health. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, you know, it, right now, like, it's kind of easy to talk about because I've gotten used to talking about these things on the podcast with other people, like, and I realize other people are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't always need to look like I'm on top of my shit. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to be on top of their shit. Yeah. So, like, but for some reason, I'm like, why is it so hard for me to just open up my laptop, go on to Indeed, or go on to hospital websites, and just look at jobs? Mm -hmm. Like, it's that activation energy <laughs> like that like I have to that push past step. that point of the resistance and like because I don't really understand why I'm having that resistance I think it's because I don't want to address my situation so <laughs> which it makes me sound like my situation is really dire it's not it's really not <laughs> but it's also a little bit of that like even though I know I don't have to get my shit together and not everyone has their shit together mm -hmm. there's still kind of that like you know, that yeah. Everyone has their shit together, <laughs> right? Like again, what you feel and what you know don't always reconcile. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like because I know I think the kind of the nice thing about our group of friends is that we're more or less in the same stage of life. Yeah. I mean, with you, it's different because you had the advantage of foresight to jump into a different program right after graduation. <laughs> <laughs> so like you didn't like you know and Dylan and I have talked about this because we're more or less on the same boat mm -hmm. oh, well maybe not because his situation is different than mine but like you know we've graduated from university for a few years and wasted our time doing like unrelated jobs we were still working but it was like we could have been A making more and B working in a field where we actually enjoy because I currently really do enjoy my field that's good so I'm like, why why did I waste this time? But then, like, you know, you didn't have that experience of wasting your time because you went kind of right into it. Mm -hmm. But you also understood the stress of, like, finding a good job and, like, expecting to have it together 
by the time you're done university. Yeah, that was my second stress, stressful yeah. most stressful moment. My aunt literally made me cry. Oh no. Because I, when I applied to the program, the college program, yeah. she was saying, oh, like, you're better than this. Like, you're basically downgrading, you're going from a degree uh, to getting a diploma, and you're helping, you're, you're assisting people. Like, you shouldn't yeah. be an assistant. You should actually be, you know, doing the testing yourself and stuff like that. You're smarter than that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, at the point, I was in a crisis because at the same time, I don't, I didn't know what to do with my life. Like, I don't yeah. know, there's no job prospects at this moment. And like, I was, like, she was pressuring me, you know, I'm still trying to pressure myself to get a job, mm -hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. And then her just telling me, oh, basically, like, downplaying my decision. And it was just, it was just a bad time. That my, was like a good time. My boss at the time was, like that, which I've talked about in the episode with Dylan, but yeah. like when I told her I was going back to school to do this program, she was like, oh, like, yeah. you're not going to be doing anything as intro. Well, she was trying to spin it like, oh, this job is better than, I'm sorry, I make double what I used to. <laughs> like more of us. Even, even with fewer hours, yeah. my paycheck mm -hmm. is still about $400 more bi-weekly than the job that I was working. Wow. Even with my reduced hours. When I was working full-time hours, I was making double. Wow. Yeah. So she was she would like be like, oh well you can come in in a lab coat if you really want to. And I'm like, yeah, are you gonna give me the the pay that I deserve then? Yeah. But for my parents, I think because they did see me struggle, probably the difference was that your aunt didn't realize how hard it was to find a job in the field, Yeah. right? Like, yes, you have a degree, and that's kind of the fallacy. Like, you have a degree, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> so my parents were like, yeah, like, do it, because they just want to see me working. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. And they knew I was miserable at my, yeah. my last two jobs. Yeah. Like, I wasn't making that much. I was unhappy all the time. Mm -hmm. So now I'm only unhappy because I'm not working enough. <laughs> so, like, so it's the opposite problem. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, like it it's hard when people tell you what you plan to do is not the right path because then you start second guessing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, am I gonna be wasting my time? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And Actually, speaking of the program, I think besides university, I didn't even have like like a bad mental moment in university. I think that was just stress. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was in that summer, last summer, between finishing classes and getting placement. Yeah. So the way your program worked was that you would have two semesters academically to learn your shit. Yeah. And then you're supposed to finish with a six-week placement in a hospital. Um, like, it's not just a bonus co-op thing. Like, you have to have it to finish your program. Yeah. And we didn't know when placement was going to start. Yeah. We were just told it'll happen sometime in the summer. Yeah. So I was expecting to start sometime in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I was waiting and waiting and I didn't hear anything and like I couldn't find a job I've mentioned it um, I mentioned in one of the episodes like this was a really bad time for me because 
I was unemployed, and whatever money I'd saved up, I'd use during school when we went back to the, the college. And, like, not only that, but then, you know, that feeling of self-inadequacy, like I'm unemployed, I'm not in the field that I want to work, people are working already, like, you know, half of my classmates from university want to do their masters. Mm. Um, I was like, should I have done that? Yeah. I wish I was better at doing this. And then I was like, do I even want to be in the sciences anymore because mm. it's not getting me a job? Like, mm. you know, because I am a creative person, I like creating things, so I'm like, I sh maybe I should have done what... Um, I called her minced meat on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Should I have done what she she did and gone to school for like some kind of media production? Mm -hmm. So like because that is something I enjoy, but I'm like, but that's also not the most stable, mm -hmm. and I would have wasted more time. Yeah. So all these things were piling yeah. on. Yeah. And like, literally, no one knew. Well, I mean, you guys probably got a sense of it because you were going through the same stress yeah right? like of waiting and not knowing yeah um and the frustration yeah because we felt lied to yeah um i did say i was gonna trash talk the college <laughs> so here it is so i mean when i finally got placement obviously it was a huge relief and then obviously i got hired which was like oh yeah <laughs> um but like that time just and you know, I would text Mince to Meet about it because at the time we were the closest. Yeah, because yeah, of the podcast, we were seeing each other so often. But then, as I've mentioned on this podcast, when I did my podcast tea episode, um, she was not the most responsive. So, and that's another thing kind of tying in like sometimes when I do have like these little mental moments and I need to talk to someone about it I'll send like a long message because obviously you need backstory too sometimes like if you're trying to explain something yeah. so the person understands where you're coming from so yeah. it's a long text oh wow. and like I'll you're protecting the mic I don't think so but um but like, I would sometimes send a text to someone and immediately be like, shit, they're not gonna wanna deal with me. You know, cause- I have the same feeling too. Yeah, like I get if you're not in a good place mentally yourself, you don't necessarily wanna be dealing with someone else's issues, yeah. even if you want to help them. Yeah. So I am like, I'm kind of like, you know, I get that like, um, or obviously, you know, they're not physically attached to their phone at all hours. Mm -hmm. But, like, because she would sometimes take, literally, I think I was having a breakdown. That was my little private breakdown. And then I texted her, and I'm like, I'm literally having, like, like a crisis right now. And she didn't message me back for, like, two days. Two days? Yeah. Oh my god. And so I'm sitting there, so I'm stewing in all the stress that yeah. I was already feeling. And then on top of that, being like, shit, I overdid it. Like, you know, I was too much, and now she doesn't want to deal with me because, like, dealing with other people's stress is also hard. And, like, panicking, panicking, panicking. And then she eventually texts back, so I felt a little better. But then I was annoyed that it took her two goddamn days to text back. Yeah. When, like, I don't know. I, it, so it was just, like, everything in that summer. Yeah. Yeah. Was just, like, oh. Stressful. Like, I think I shriveled up on the inside. 
Yeah, um, for me, because I, during the technician program, I applied to become, to the medical technologist program at okay, Kitchener, yeah. right? So, um, actually I applied to the genetic technology program and that one, but I didn't get, the genetic technology one I didn't get into, so I was waiting, so they, I, I was accepted into the, that, that program. And then I was like, I don't know if, like in my head, I was contemplating, like, I don't know if I should go into it. Like if I do, then forensic, that forensic store is like closed. Like it would be closed if I go into it. Kind of. Kind of. And I was just, I don't know if I should do it. And then, um, yeah, just like a whole contemplation yeah. about And that's the thing, right? Like I still would love to do forensics. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, firstly, it's higher pay. <laughs> you know, let's talk the practical here. Yeah. But also, like, that is what I'm truly interested in. That's what I started out wanting to do. And there was a little bit of that going into this program where I'm like, am I going to be stuck? Because with our certification, there's not much of a chance for advancement. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of was just like, you know what? I just need a job. Yeah. I just need a Getting job that I'm not going to hate mm -hmm. and that I'm going to get money to get started mm -hmm. and then if I decide to do because I was entertaining the idea of doing my master's as a pathology assistant which is highly competitive so maybe not <laughs> talking about stress and how I don't handle it well um, or like doing the technologist program which is a, like a step up basically just to dis describe it for people who don't get it like a technician is like you kind of do the pre-analytical stuff and then the technologist is who does the actual testing, right? So yeah. that's a step up. It's and better pay. The results. Yeah, yeah, you're part of like a professional college. You know, you have all this clout, basically. Not really, but yeah. You know. And Even you the have technicians probably do most of the work anyway. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think it's it's definitely give or take. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I think our technologists are very understanding of the amount of work that we have as technicians. Because sometimes if we have meetings, they have to come, some of them have to come out to the front to help. Oh. And they're like, what is happening? Oh, <laughs> and they're like, okay. Like the phone's ringing, specimens are coming in, they're like running around and they have to deal with like the stat specimen. So they, they have an appreciation for what we do. That's and good. because like, because Kara's a technologist. So Ooh. even before we did this program, like I had an idea of what they're doing. And then like, because our lab, it's just one big open lab, right? Like yeah. the technologists are in the back end, but you know, you they walk can through see. it, they can see, we can see. So I think we just kind of like, I don't think anyone's like, oh, they're not doing that much work or versus like no. vice versa. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. But um, yeah, me like technician is not easy. No, no. Anyways, yeah. go back to your story, what you're um, talking about. <laughs> what was I talking about? Um, oh, how oh. you wanted to go and your 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 roommate or your how you wanted to do the tech the technologist program? Yeah, so I just figured like you know what I'm I'm nearly thirty. When I get my condo, I'm gonna be thirty mm -hmm. or older. Mm -hmm. So I'm like I can't keep going to school, doing school, doing like spending money, yeah, not making money, yeah. And luckily, our tuition is not. Like the states, yeah. <laughs> like a lot, but relatively manageable. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it's time to start a life, like an adult life. Yes. 
so I figure it's fine like the pay is still decent it's not bad pay I mean for the cost of living in Toronto not enough <laughs> but like you know I'm trying to tell myself that I'm doing the right thing <laughs> and I've told other people like when I did my placement um, there was a technologist who asked who was asking like oh um, are you planning to do the technologist program or something? So many of them told me, right? asked me that too. And then like, especially when they find out I already have my bachelor's, yeah. they're like, why, why are you a technician? This? Yeah. And I'm like, I've been in school for four years, I've worked for three, and then was in school for another year. Like, I don't want to keep doing school. So I want to make the money, and then if I decide that I want to advance, which I'm sure like I'll eventually want to do, then I'll have money saved up and something established that I can go and do it. Yeah, that's good. So, like, and and then one one of the technologists like that's actually really smart. Like, that's you know, it's good that you're thinking about that long term. So then I feel validated. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when my nose is so itchy. I'm sorry, it's like <laughs> my allergies. Yeah, especially when you have you have the contacts. Like at that point in time, like if you just had to do your technologist, you know people in the, yeah, in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. I know some other places are not the greatest to work at. Yeah, and that's what I'm afraid of because I did my placement at a hospital where um, people weren't very nice. Oh. Like they were, they were in terms of being a placement student. They understood, you know, they were nice to me. But yeah. in terms of if I were to work there, it would be like a whole different environment. It was very, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't. I wouldn't like to work there. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, and, and I thought every hospital was like that. But judging oh. from your hospital and you know the other and the other from the, our friends that have placements at their hospitals, they, they said yeah. they, it was all nice and stuff. So yeah. I was like, okay, wow, that's nice. But it, yeah, it's mine was very, it's very hit or miss, right? Like it yeah. really depends. I think also because, um, well, actually no, because our core lab is pretty big, and not not everyone gets along though. That's the thing, right? Like you're never gonna have. But I think for the most part, even the people, like there's little workplace dramas that I'm aware of, but not part of, mm -hmm. um, which is the best way to go about things. Yes. Hear the tea, don't become the tea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere you go is gonna be conflict at some, yeah. at some level. But even between people who I know like don't always get along, mm -hmm. usually they're at least professional enough to be cordial around everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure in the situation itself, like if you're part of that, it does get stressful because you know what's happening, but it's nice for everyone else who kind of pretend there's nothing happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know, I mean, we've talked about, me and Dylan, we talked about shitty bosses, which was a long and ranty episode because man, but work stress is another thing, right? Like. I don't know how long are we in because we already did 40 minutes and then now we're now we might split this into two parts okay yeah but because stress is just such a every everything is stressful it's like for ragnarok you know how banner was like this planet is designed to stress me out yeah this is this planet <laughs> I'm, I'm the hulk seriously <laughs> like stress comes from everywhere and you know we've taken that gene ed class transcultural health where we did have one class on 
stress and use stress. Yeah, and how it can contribute to like your your physical health. Yeah, because I think there are studies, if I recall the class correctly, there are studies where it's like, yeah, your mental stress is one of the biggest contributors to a lot of physical health problems mm -hmm. nowadays. And it's silly because it's like, especially when you have the older population, they're like, well, we've dealt with the same bullshit and we're fine. But it's like, but it's not the same. No. Life was simpler back then. You didn't have social media mm -hmm. and FOMO. Mm -hmm. You didn't have cyberbullying. Yeah. Um, you didn't have like, um, like your expectations were more simple. And there's not that much, there's not that many distractions. That's true. With the internet. And now that with technology, you can have, you know, you can talk to someone from across the across the world and like instantly yeah. and then you can hear news across the world instantly yeah so you're bombarded by all this news too yeah because before like you know it was big world events that you were hearing about yes. but now the world is so global like everything is connected and of course you have the internet where you can get local news from wisconsin yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah, it, you're bombarded with more. Yes. So it is different. We do have, I truly believe, like, we do have more stress. Yeah. And my parents will be like, it took them a while to realize why I was getting stressed um, because, you know, they've had a hard life. They grew up in poverty or at least for part of my, my whole dad. Wow. My whole dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's whole childhood was in poverty. It was wow. difficult. My mom's childhood, I think, was like not quite as bad, but she was also in Cambodia when there was a genocide. So oh. she was like, you know, escaping with her family from being killed because they were targeting Chinese people in Cambodia, I think. Um, she doesn't talk much about it, understandably. Yeah. And then, you know, she had to like escape the country as refugees, which is when she met my dad. So at that point, obviously, they lost everything in Cambodia. And, were in poverty. Yeah, wow. And then they came here as immigrants with literally nothing but the clothes on their backs. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you want to talk about stress? Yeah, and I'm like, okay. But like, yes, yes, you guys have stress. Yes, but we do too. <laughs> but we do too. It's yeah. a different kind of stress, especially because like my parents work labor jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom has a lot of health issues now, like a lot of body aches and stuff. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't understand why my dad's job is slightly lit laborious but he's like I think like a team lead basically like, okay so my dad gets really stressed from the people he works with because he's like they're all fucking morons. oh no so he gets really angry from work yeah um, and it doesn't help that you know he's in a somewhat higher position but he's like this Chinese guy who for a long time barely spoke English so there's also a lot of like, who's this guy telling me what to do kind mm. of thing, right? And like getting looked down upon by the higher ups who are like wealthy and white and English speaking. Mm -hmm. So, but my mom is just thinking like physical stress, like I'm so tired when I come home and blah, blah, blah. And then my dad, like he had to take a short leave, like a stress leave. Wow. And my mom's like, I don't understand why he had to take it. And I'm like, because otherwise he will literally go mad. Yeah. So. You can get worn down physically and mentally. So. Oh yeah. And the mentally part you can't see, so it's hard to. Exactly. To judge that. And with, like, I did speak to him about, like, maybe you should talk to, because he has benefits. So I'm like, 
psychology is probably covered in part. Um, and if not, psychiatrists are covered by OHIP. Um, yay, universal healthcare. <laughs> Just rubbing yeah. it into our, because I was looking at our stats and we have a lot of American listeners. Oh, really? Well, not a lot, but like a good chunk is, is American listeners. Oh. So I'm like, universal healthcare. <laughs> it's great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I mean, the wait times can be ridiculous, yeah. but like, you know, it's at least. It, I feel. Yeah, I'd rather not shell out thousands of dollars <laughs> just to not die yeah yeah um but yeah like but he's he acknowledges it but he's very resistant to the idea because again it's that mentality of like everyone's got it handled i should too mm -hmm. but it's like no everyone needs therapy and he's also a man <laughs> that is true he had okay this is kind of if you're like squeamish when it comes to wounds and injuries don't listen. Oh, no. But, so his feet are weird. Okay. He has, like, have you heard of, like, elephant feet, elephantitis or something like that? Like, those, that's an extreme. Oh, it's people right. who, for, I think it's a genetic thing where their limbs are, like, very large. So it looks like elephant feet. He's not that extreme. Okay. Like, like they're long? But, no, it's, like, his... He has kind of like cankles, oh. but it's not because he's fat. He's uh. like he's got a bare belly. He's a he's a dad. He's a fifty-eight-year-old Chinese man. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not he, he's not Chris Evans. Is what yeah. I'm say. Who is? Yeah. <laughs> it's like an ankle, but it's just very thick. His mm. fingers are very thick. Oh, I see. Um, and for some reason, like, he also gets really bad eczema. I don't know if it's connected, mm -hmm. but, like, he gets bad eczema, eczema on his hands and on his feet. Okay. Um, and I guess he had scratched something to the point where it was, like, broken skin. Oh, wow. So it was constantly bleeding and pussing for a month. Oh, wow. And I was like, how is that still not healed? Yeah. Like, that something's not right. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to go to your family doctor. And he's like, well, she's never here. She's always on vacation. She's just going to tell me to wrap it in some bandages and call it a day. So he doesn't want to go. And I'm like, dad, it wasn't until our family friend, because my dad is low-end diabetic. Okay. Like, I think he has insulin pills um, and he has a glucometer. He doesn't use it very much. And because of his thick ass hands, like oh, his skin is so thick, yeah. it's actually really hard to prick him. Oh my gosh. Even when you set, like, it's it's not the same lens sets that we used in school. Oh yeah. It's like a dumb pen looking one that I'm like, that's not safe at all and mm. it's shit. But anyway, um, so it's really hard to get him to bleed enough mm. onto the test strip. Mm. So he doesn't like using it. And then, but like, you know, his blood sugar is relatively in control for someone who's diabetic. Mm. But then the family friend was like, I've known diabetics who've lost their limbs because because your circulation isn't good. That's one of the effects of diabetes. Yeah. And then that freaked my dad out because we're talking amputation now. Yeah. And personally, working in microbiology, we've gotten like toes and feet from some, I think one of the patients was like diabetic and had this, the ongoing cyst that never healed and it just became necrotic and infected. My um, yeah, so that freaked him out. And then we finally went to ER, which really we could have gone to urgent care, mm. but 
We didn't know that. So you're right, yeah, he is also a man. <laughs> <laughs> the point of that long-ass tangent was that he doesn't want to admit he needs help. Yeah. And, and mental health is even worse mm -hmm. with the guys. If it's, if it's not physical, like you, you had to, in order for him to get help, what did he have to threaten amputation? Yeah, yeah. amputation. That's physical. So, like, if it was something mental, there's no way they would go and see someone. Yeah, and and because obviously my parents are older, so like they don't know as much about mental health as we do. Yeah. So they have like the old antiquated ideas. So sometimes they'll watch news about someone who was like standing at the edge of a building about to jump and my mom will be like, oh, like they're, this is stupid. Like they're so, they're crazy. Like why would they do this? They have people who care about them. And I'm like, you don't understand yeah. that like you can't help what you think. Yeah. And like we were talking about, those thoughts can spiral. You can be keeping it together for a long time and then everything adds up at the wrong moment yeah and you're like what the fuck yeah and then that's when um, people like were saying rogues if someone would say something killed themselves or something right yeah and then before their friends would be like like they were fine like they looked happy they're yeah. laughing and whatever whatever and then yeah. the day after they they just took their lives and it's yeah. like well that's that's like there's no indication of whether they're good or not mm -hmm. like, you can't tell yeah and there's a lot of like i think there was a photo series done by this photographer where they um kind of tried to emulate what mental illness looks like and it's like i guess kind of like you're happy on the outside but inside you're like shriveled and it sounds really cliched but i think that's really what it is yeah like when i was going through my stress you know, in front of my parents, in front of my friends, I'm like, yeah, let's, whatever, let's hang out. But then when I'm alone with my thoughts, it's like, fuck everything, I'm useless, this is useless, what's even the point, like, what am I doing with my life? And, yeah. You know, at that point, it was controllable because I had things to distract me. Mm -hmm. Sims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, and that's when, that was my problem in university because I had, I really didn't have anything to distract me. And because in high school, I had hockey, like I played hockey and I was okay. one of, I was like a frustrated kid in, in high school, like <laughs> playing hockey. So I was able to, and I was trying to figure out why I wasn't so stressed in high school is because I had the outlet and able to play yeah. and let out my anger. Yeah. But in university, I didn't have that. And then I had to figure out. You didn't have time for that. That Which too. was, yeah. that's that vicious cycle. Yeah, exactly. And then I had to figure out what I could do to, to you know, to, yeah. to help that. And then kickboxing was actually something I oh, had yeah. to go into and let right? my anger. It's great. Anger out, yeah. It's it so great. good. It's so good. And then, yeah, that helped me a lot. Yeah. In terms of letting out that pent up energy, I guess. Yeah, I think. Again, like there's these moments where you don't realize how much you're suffering because you put on that like everything's fine, everything's great. It's like that that picture of the dog in a room that's on fire. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, like everything is on fire. You're shriveling up on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like everything feels useless, and you feel like you're worse. But then yeah. you just like. I'm fine. And there's also that whole, like, oh, other people have it worse than you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you know, in this new world of more social media, or not social media, social justice awareness, yes. you know, like, you get told, check your privilege. Which is important in certain conversations, but, but we're kind of, in that context, we were kind of 
talking about the privilege, right? Just because he's a white man and he has the privilege of that doesn't mean his life is perfect. No. So it's like, yeah, other people have it worse than you in some ways, but that doesn't mean your problems don't count. Yeah. And we do that to ourselves. Like, I'm thinking, like, you know, there's people who, like, in my, that summer that I was talking about, I wasn't employed, I was feeling shitty about myself, but guess what? I was living at home with my parents who were providing for me. Yeah. You know, they paid for a ton of my shit. Yeah. I was, I, ha I still had enough money left in my account that I could still do some, like, frivolous spending, like, obviously not much, mm -hmm. which should have made me feel, like, yeah, better. Yeah, you're pretty okay for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the flip side, it also made me feel like shit for feeling shit about myself. Yeah. So, it's tough. I think, and it's worse when you start comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think trying to remind yourself that other people have it worse and like, quote unquote, checking your privilege yeah. is the best way to go. No. But you can, you can talk to yourself and say, okay, yeah, I have this, I have this. Like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I have... Um, like you know, I have it. Like, I have a job or whatever. You have all the good things that you have about yeah. yourself that you can talk about in that, or you can tell yourself in that. You know, you you're good. You know. Yeah, I think it depends on the personality because I'm a very self-critical person. Okay. I think many of us are. Yeah. Like so, some people it's like counting the good things. Yes, I'm at a happy place. I'm, and I think it's genetic because my dad's the same. Because he would sometimes be like. You know, just down on himself about stuff. And I'm like, Dad. We'll, we'll, we'll end this soon. <laughs> um, I say that unironically because I know. I know. But um, I feel like we're getting more of their conversation than everyone <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up. But, um, yeah, I'm the type of person who's like, like, okay, I have all these good things, so why am I feeling bad about myself? I'm stupid for feeling bad about myself. Oh. So I'm like, <laughs> oh no. But then some people, it really works. It reminds you that you have good things going and like, <laughs> and then you just know that full moment and just be like, okay, that's the last, last of judgment. Just, I'm not, like, I know I have all yeah. this stuff and, you know. Yeah. To just be like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I understand yeah. why it could be so critical. Anyway, yeah. it's getting a little noisy in here. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I was just gonna say, in terms of stress, like if you need to talk to someone, even as, as hard as it would as it sounds, just do it. You know, you'll feel so much better after. Um, it's like a workout. Like you don't, oh, yeah. you don't you're dreading a workout, but like you feel so good afterwards. Yeah. It's like the, the hardest part is getting there. Yeah. And then once you're in it, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good analogy. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> so I have to think of applying to jobs as my workout. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. have to get there. And then afterwards, you, you apply. You're like, oh, I feel so good after. Yeah. yeah. Or I feel worse because there's no job postings. <laughs> True. Let's just hope it doesn't get to that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Rihanna also wants to say like stress relief, like things that you do yeah. to. What do you do to find what makes you happy? Yeah, yeah. Do, unless if it includes actual murder. <laughs> like, let's find alternatives to that one. Yeah, yeah. You can video game murder, which you know, like I don't know. People rag on video games, but it's it is good stress relief. It's like kickboxing, right? Yeah. Like, 
it's harmless because you're not doing it on real people. Yeah. Well, unless you're sparring, in which case, you know, be careful, don't hurt yourself, don't hurt someone else that badly. Yeah. But find those ways, like find a sport, find a hobby, and there is something you are good at. Yeah. That's the other thing. Someone's like, oh, I need a hobby, I'm not good at anything. No. You just have to find it. Yeah. Try everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if it's something you might not even think you would like. And for me, it was meditation. Like, I actually do meditate. And then uh, it helps me just ground myself and, like, think about, you know, think about the day, think about, like, what I have and, like, what's good about myself and then I uh, think about maybe like what I would have thought it was a bad thing and then I turn it kind of into a good thing or if I look back and like just just reflect on the day yeah some people journal like that yeah. yeah yeah some people I mean like I said I hit things <laughs> I kickbox it's nice or you like play the sims the sims is a trap though because you're you can build an ideal life uh -oh. So it's like, why isn't my life yeah. like that? Oh no. <laughs> so It goes back into FOMO. Hey, yeah, <laughs> right? But no, I would say do the Sims, but don't make yourself. Oh, okay. Distract yourself by making other stories or like play a role-playing game. Like if you're like into video gaming, like play, I don't know, Final Fantasy or something. Like something that takes you away. Read. Reading is a really good escape. Just, you know, don't read angsty stuff because that might bring you back to <laughs> to the dark place. Yeah. yeah, and if you're in university, I found that taking breaks made me more um, productive. Even though like, I'm not true. trying to procrastinate. Yeah, which is a trap. You're doing assignment, you feel like you're being stressed, you feel like your brain's being too, like you're not thinking, you're not like, you're not at your most, you know, like peak mind level or whatever. Yeah. Then you just take a break. Take 30 minutes. You need minutes. a reset. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be more productive that way. That's what I learned the hard yeah. way from that. But um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have told that myself to myself yes, in first year. That's true. I wish I could tell myself those breaks you think you're taking aren't really breaks. They're just straight up distraction. Oh. Because I was a procrastinator. Oh, okay. Which screwed myself over, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, there's that balance between self-care and uh, going overboard. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to say you're helping yourself and then put yourself in a worse position. Yeah. So, but you know what? Like, that's why study groups are helpful. And yeah. going back to talking to people, you know, like be like, I need a break, but then I need to refocus after. Yeah. So come study with me. We'll take a break together, and then we'll go back to studying. Yeah. I think that's a good idea because when you see other people studying, sometimes you kind of feel like I need to get back on the shit. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and it helps you kind of keep yourself together because the person's like, no, you should be studying. We're like, okay, and then the person yeah. could tell you, you're like, hey, you're distracted, you should be studying. Yeah. Right, let's Just get back smack to them it. every time they get distracted. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> don't be violent on your friends. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it's getting real noisy. Yeah. So I'm going to close off. Thank you guys for listening and thank you, Chantel, for going through this weird-ass neighborhood to try and find our parking. No worries. It's cute, so it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find us on wherever you listen to podcasts and social media, including Twitter and Instagram at Several Tangents. If you want to submit a story, if you want to just chat, uh, email is severaltangents at gmail.com. If you want to come on the podcast, we can work something out. And 
yeah. I think that's it. Do you have anything to promote? No. No? Because <laughs> we already established you're not really into social media. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. If you want to come, to come back on, you know, you can always yeah. come back. Yeah, we'll have another two hour long conversation. <laughs> Hopefully this was related in any, or helped you in any way. Yeah. I mean, I think we went through some good points and like advice that I definitely would have given my younger self or my last year self. Yeah. Last <laughs> year, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope it wasn't too noisy. I don't know how it sounds right now, so we're gonna... Hopefully. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alright. Bye!